to the Game of the Year edition of the Game Luster podcast, everyone. We're here, of course, to talk about our site's Game of the Year, which we'll get into a little bit later, and also our personal picks for Game of the Year, and hopefully reserve a little bit of time for our most anticipated of 2019, so that we'll be looking forward as much as looking backwards. First, let me introduce the guest I have here with me. I'm, of course, myself, Trevor Whalen, the editor-in-chief of the site, and I'm joined by news editor Robert. Yo. Writer Mike. Hello. And writer Elizabeth. Hey. And I'll just go ahead and spoil it for everyone now. Um, Our game of the year pick is Spider-Man for PS4. We did an internal vote among our staff, and it won um, by quite a lot. It got seven votes... Octopath Traveler and God of War got five votes each. And then Red Dead Redemption 2, our other internal finalist, got zero votes. Yes, so, suck it, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, poor poor Ar- Arthur Morgan. Um, but congrats to Spidey. And I know there's at least one person on here who chose Spidey as his personal game of the year as well, so I will turn it over to that mystery person to talk about Spider-Man. Hi guys, my name is Peter Parker, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so man, Spider-Man was such a good game this this year, and maybe part of it is me getting swept up in the hype that this year was just a really good year for Spider-Man in general. I don't know if any of you have gone out to see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but go watch that, just I Shit. really want to see it. It's really it's great. Yeah, it's so it's good. It's really, really good. It's like the best Spider-Man has ever been in a movie. Like, hands down. Um, I may only want to see it because the animation looks really, really cool. <laughs> that's like legitimately a valid reason to see it. It's so I don't know pretty. anything about Spider-Man, but that animation's so pretty. Yeah. Um, and aside from Spider-Verse, Marvel Spider-Man's good. And the new comic run of Spider-Man this year is really good, too, by Nick Spencer's shameless the heads up there too but the game itself marvel spider-man you know there's a lot of a lot of people joke about how when it came out all the reviews said it makes you feel like spider-man like that's the word everyone used feel right but kind of everything about it like how the combat works how swinging around the city works the fact that you can that he quips every time you punch a dude in the face and the fact that you can replace one of your superpowers with literal quipping so instead of getting a like instead of getting a buff in battle, you can just press a button to quip and then it's a cooldown and then you can quip again like it wow. It's so much of a like a of love letter to Spider-Man fans. Yeah. Now, has anyone else I did not play Spider-Man, unfortunately. I I apologize, but um Mike or Elizabeth, either of you play this game at all? I don't have a PS4, so I didn't play it. My sister has it, and she's talking about... uh, Has a PS4, she's talking about getting it. But she had a lot of stuff come at the very end of the year. So I never got to play it. I watched a couple people play it. It looked really cool. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I didn't get the chance. Oh, really? Yeah, which really sucks. Yeah, I mean... Are you a big Spider-Man fan? 
Like in general? Yeah, I love Spider-Man. Yeah. So I was looking forward to it, and then you know other things came up, and I wasn't able mm. to get it. Yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. And especially, like, the DLC, which I also played through over, like, around Christmas, um, it's not as good as the main game, but if you're into the Spider-Universe and, like, the stories of it, it's... It does a lot of good setup for the inevitable second game, which is definitely coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, it better. <laughs> mm. Spider-Man 2. That'll be Electric interesting Brutal. to see. Yeah, it, it did way too well and got too many good reviews for it to not have a sequel. Right. Yeah. I mean, it even ends the game with sequel bait, which obviously I'm not going to spoil it here, but like... It has me so excited for what they're doing with the villains because they take a lot of liberties in it. Um, I think the prime example, like you see a lot in the Spider-Man trailers that Otto Octavius is a good guy in this movie, you know, at least or in this game, at least at first, like Spider-Man works with him, like they're working together to better humanity with science. And if you're a spider fan, you know, like, well, Octavius is a bad guy, though. So like when's that gonna happen like you know it's coming but how and that's what insomniac has done they've kind of done like a uh, they've done a good writing a good bit of writing here to make the surprise the how they make these things happen maybe some superior spider-man down the line i'd love to see it but i don't i don't think that's coming just minor spoilers (laughs) i don't think it's gonna come out in video game form (laughs) All right, well, that's that's Spidey for you, Spider-Man. A lot of people love that game this year. So I guess no real big shocker that it was our goatee for 2018. Now, second place was tied, as I mentioned. Hold on, hold on. Among was, our that, was that a pun? It could be. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> second place, you mean tied, right? No, shocker. Oh, shocker. Oh. The villain? Maybe I'm too Spider-Man illiterate. Yeah, there's a Spider-Man villain named Shocker. Yeah, it's Shocker. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wow, okay. I didn't know that either, so shit that. (laughs) Maybe I'm I'm a little too deep into the Spider-Man right now. Yeah. I guess I'm just that good at making puns, I can prophesy them or something. Even without knowing it, I'll make puns. That's a power I wish I had, so I'm very jealous. It is It is a nice power. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I could even make tied up a pun. And, um, second place is all tied up in webs shot down from Spider-Man. Got it's um, God of War and Octopath Traveler. We both, I mean, we as in Game Luster, really liked those games as well. And I know, Elizabeth, your pick was Octopath Traveler for Game of the Year. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this hugely, surprisingly popular Switch RPG, JRPG? Well, I mean, it was the game that made me buy a Switch before Pokemon came out. So props for for that. Yeah. Because I was originally going to wait. So Octopath Traveler was the reason I was interested in it was because it was done by the team that did Bravely Default, which is another, it's like a, it's like a Square Enix game that is sort of like a Final Fantasy, but it's not really. It was for mm-hmm. the, the 3DS. 
I really liked that game, and my sister loved it. So we were both interested as soon as Octopath Traveler got announced. And we were actually getting to play it, seeing how the, the graphics were incredible. The pixel graphics, they really did a good job on them. And uh, the music, phenomenal. As usual, I trusted their team. The Bravely Default music was phenomenal as well. And then what I was the most surprised about was I was worried because there's eight characters. The whole point is like it's eight different characters traveling together. So I was worried that the stories weren't going to be very like developed. But I was actually surprised with how much like detail and thought went into each of the stories. So, And that's what I really look for when I play a game. I really look for story. So I'm really happy that actually all of the Game Luster picks were uh, more story-based. So that made me really happy to see, because I'm glad it's not just me who cares about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, that, that's kind of the overarching narrative, though, in the industry, right? Like, there's a lot of big AAA developers that are like, no one likes single-player games. Everyone wants loot boxes and uh, Team Deathmatch. No, I want just single-player yeah. games. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think there's been a resurgence recently of people swinging back into the other direction of like, no, single player games are like a good thing. Yeah. And looking at a lot of the like game of the year, I mean, like Spider-Man, God of War, Octopath Traveler were all like, you know, even on the official one, they were like all on the list. So like it, it does really show that's what people want. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying you don't see Black Ops 4 on the list anywhere. No, no, no you don't. Or no. Battlefield. Man, everyone forgot about Battlefield 5, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, it just kind of came and went. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it on sale for half off like two weeks after release, and I was like, yo, that's oh, not wow. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I remember when I first booted up Octopath, though, I, I mean, I was excited. I was not a big fan of Bravely Default, but I figured I'd give this a chance. And the first thing that struck me is the the graphic design, like the artistic design and direction of this game is it's magnificent, right? Because oh my god, I love it so much, right? Because like no offense, especially to the indie community, but pixel art is kind of a dime a dozen at this point. You know, it's like almost every indie game has pixel art. It, it's kind of everywhere. So it's not that I'm over it because it's a it's a timeless design, but it takes mm -hmm. something really special to make pixel art stand out yeah and the yeah. yeah the use of shadows and like god rays and lighting in this game it feels more like a dollhouse with 2d pixel art which i'm a yeah. huge fan of i love it it's really cool <laughs> that's a good way of putting it i mean i've been intrigued by its visuals too it's like it's it's on my to-do list definitely as long as you have yeah, I, 50 free yeah, hours. I can't recommend it enough, man. <laughs> yeah, I only played the demo, so I really didn't get into the full game. But like you said, that the artwork, I think, was one of the main things that just really pulled me into it. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. The The biggest gripe I have might be the hunter, though. I just... I Yeah, everyone can, has problems with her. <laughs> can we please talk about, like, the whoever thought the writing was good for the yeah, hunter? and, like, my, my logic for that was she probably spoke in, like, antiquated Japanese, and that's probably how they thought would be the best way to bring it over. But mm. it's not. No. It's not. I mean, it'd make more sense if it felt like ye olde English, but it felt like the kind of English no one spoke. 
or maybe yes, I, I agree or maybe like the english before the alphabet for english was written i don't know it's because like I mean, it's unfortunate because she's a really cool character and a lot of people like are instantly put off because of that for her yeah which kind of makes me sad because she's she was actually one of the characters i was considering starting with just because hunter yeah. like why not so she's so a snow what, leopard what more do i want there like are we talking middle english like chaucer style stuff or something like what how Wor- does she talk worse than chaucer worse I, than chaucer oh okay oh, yeah wow that's uh that's really wow. something yeah it's it's chaucer levels for sure as someone who's read chaucer <laughs> yeah like here let me let me see if i can find a quote Eliza had to pay in thy debts, and thou only finished it paying her back this last moon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Could oh, also man. be a hammerite, I guess. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's so it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. It's, oh God. Like I said, I mean, I can probably see it as like they're like, oh, she spoke in like some like antiquated Japanese or an accent, so we gotta translate it like that. But like, you can there's a, there was a better way to do that that wasn't the way they did it. Mm. Lost in translation. They could have definitely yeah. like lessened that a little bit, like more like you know like Paradise Lost, like Milton kind of old english <laughs> yeah that would have been where better. it still looks like english or, with a couple extra e's thrown in every once in a while worse than chaucer i guess that's a good way to summon it up sum it up you've summon heard it. it up you've heard it here yes octopath traveler worse than chaucer <laughs> yes game luster that's that'll be the quote we get put on the um that's, banner for the game yeah that's the box that's our 2019 quote right there yeah back of the box into the <laughs> We're barely even into the year. That's already our quote of the year. <laughs> we should just tweet it out right now. So, um, speaking of worse than Chaucer, how about God of War? Yo, Who here wants to rude. say some words besides, um, you know, well, I won't even say it. Let's just talk about God of War. I'll skip the meme. Boy. Well, okay, fine. No, boy. I'll... Okay, boy. I was I was waiting for someone to, to take the initiative. We all thought you were going to. Oh no! I, when I said I was, and I meant it. Let's talk about it, boy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Can I just say that at the Game Awards, when Chris Judge was just like, and the winner is, read it, boy. Like, oh. Oh my god! I lost it. <laughs> so at that. good. So good. Uh, who here has played God of War? I've watched someone play a little bit of it, but I haven't played it myself. Yeah, I didn't play it either. Oof. Am I, wow. the, am I the only one who's played it? Yeah, under representation. I, so. I think I'm underqualified for this podcast. <laughs> I need to. That's what I said. <laughs> I need to round up other staff members to join so I have a better sample. Like the people who. Yeah, voted. I know Haley was like really yes yeah i mean i beat god of war when it came out and my god i look my god have my god of boy uh have (laughs) like have you guys ever ever uh like there's just this this visceral 
connection to me now between pressing triangle and just like a mild orgasm like it's <laughs> when you press triangle the axe returns to your hand and it's a fascinatingly addictive sound effect and vibration and feeling that is i think where god of war stands i mean it's not the best thing about god of war but man is it, it just feels so is good is it one of the best okay. <laughs> it feels so good but is it like yeah in a microcosm of what makes it great yeah because well because it's to me it's almost the it's not the defining factor of what makes the combat so good but it goes to show just how how flexible the combat system is because you know you have the axe right and it's kind of dark soulsy style so like the shoulder r1 and r2 is your light and heavy attacks mm -hmm. um but then you can throw the axe by holding down l2 and then just chuck it with either a light or heavy throw um and then when it lands somewhere it just kind of stays out there and then your light and heavy attacks are now your fists or like you bash your shield into someone like you can mm -hmm. still keep fighting you don't do as much damage but you build up more stun and then you can recall the axe whenever you want and he just holds up his right hand and it just like it's so wow. fascinating that sounds great it's like lightsaber-esque the way it sounds yeah and you know there's just there's so many ways to play with it i mean you can throw it position yourself so that way between the axe and you is another enemy and when you recall it it'll maybe snag the enemy as it's coming back to you oh that's cool and then, it, and oh, then I like that. it knocks them toward you and then you have your axe in your hand you just fucking smash them as they come to you know what i mean it's there's yeah. so many little moments like that it just it feels very visceral and i think it captures the the violence of god of war a lot better than any of the previous ones because the last ones they felt cartoonish you know it's like yeah you're killing a bunch of people yeah you're you're you know crushing the eyes of poseidon but you know it kind of feels like a joke you know like tune force like, like comic-y or something yeah but here it feels kind of more real it feels heavy and it feels like there's weight to every moment okay because like, yeah that's one of the reasons i kind of stayed off of god of war 4 was just because the third one i didn't really like too much mm. so i kind of stayed away from god of war because i was like oh it's probably just gonna be more of the same and then now i kind of regret not picking it up because yeah. i'm hearing you know it's better than the it's not too late sequels the games are still out there yeah it, i'm yeah. look i did not like any of the original trilogy plus the like three spin-offs uh but this <laughs> is amazing okay. like this is the best god of war has ever been yeah and uh, the story of it is pretty top-notch. It's, it's some of the most mature stories I think video games can tell. Because uh, you never really... Like, there aren't that many games out there that deal with the father-son dynamic. Especially yeah. when the dad is, like, low-key kind of an awful dad. <laughs> High-key. <laughs> you know, he's one of those dads that's too tough to be vulnerable uh, and, and that just leads to some incredible storytelling moments down the line that obviously I'm not going to spoil. Uh, but it kind of like reframes the whole like boy thing at the end. And it's, I don't know, it's really good. It's really nice. That's actually what Go interested me the most about God of War, the story. Yeah. I need to find a way to play that. Maybe I'll get a PS4 this year. 
or or get it get it for your sister for late Christmas, but then you're the only one playing it. She's talking about getting it, so you never know. She takes a PS4 to school with her though, so I don't have access to it after ah. tomorrow. <laughs> Lame. Yep. Now, any love for our one Game of the Year finalist that didn't get any votes from our staff, Red Dead Redemption 2? I think Arthur Morgan got enough love and appreciation at the Game of the Year, the Game Awards. That is right. Red Dead Redemption run like every single category there. Yeah, and that's why I was kind of surprised that our, for our Game of the Year, that we didn't, um... Nobody voted for it. I think it might be because people wanted to show some other games some love. I don't know. Because, like, I'm that doesn't mean it's bad. It's probably still a great game. But I guess people wanted to recognize some other games, too. Mm. Which is valid. <laughs> and, and part of it, too, I think, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 might be the most divisive game to come out this year. Because... They- yeah? Yeah, I mean, just based on tweets I've seen about it, like there's, am I correct in saying this? It's people who say it's too, too clunky or it doesn't innovate enough or it's, it's not truly open world, but then people who say, no, actually it, it gets everything right. Like as a whole, it gets everything right. Am I, am I? representing the criticism well yeah it's a game with it's trying to be two games at once and you can read more about my thoughts on it at on my review at gameluster.com if you want to check it out it's on gameluster.com um and it's it's a game that's trying to be two different games it's trying to be uh here's this really cool hollywood epic story of this tragic character who's trying to redeem himself and then it's this other character of look at all these horses you can skin. Like it's <laughs> it's weird. Look at all these big ass fish you can catch. You know, and that sounds more fun. It, I mean, they're, both of them are fun because they yeah, they do both sound fun. Yeah, and when I was playing through the story, there there were times where I was just like, yeah, I get that I could hunt this legendary animal. Like I'm right here, I might as well do it. But I honestly could not care because right now I need to know what happens next to Arthur and his gang. Like I need to go straight to the mission marker. Like I honestly wish it was just a loading screen to the next mission rather than get on my horse, ride my horse, get interrupted by someone who needs help. And yeah, then, find distractions, yeah, find yeah. more distractions. Yeah, and it was just like, I wish this wasn't an open world game right now. I just want it to be linear, but it's not. And the worst of it is, is when you beat the game, like I was just expecting, cool, so now I'm like free to roam around the world and do what I want. But they do something where it's like, it basically changes the world when you beat it so no. you, you can't yeah like and even like the latter third of the game it changes the world so it's just like i should have made a save file like in my first 20 hours and just save like kept that somewhere safe so i could go back to it but i didn't know that so now my only save file is like end game gimped. what like final fantasy 15 did where you don't go back you time travel back because I, so much stuff happens honestly i fucking wish they did that that'd make it so much better 
<laughs> they'd make the <laughs> time end time traveling in the old west. Yeah, they'd make well, it would just make the end game much better because Final Fantasy 15 does is when you beat the game, it's like cool, you you've kind of destroyed the whole planet. But let's <laughs> <laughs> But for free roaming to finish all the side quests, do you want to go back to right before you did that? And it's like, "Yes, please." You can you can high five your awesome time traveling dog. So I mean, like points for that. Yeah. So I don't. I, I could have done a time traveling horse. Yeah. So that's what I I wish it because like it it's that Rockstar does both of them well, like both an open world freeform game and a linear epic storytelling game. They like they do mm. both of them very well. But when you try to put them in a blender and mix them together. I'm not sure if it's as good. Yeah, that would frustrate me not being able to go back and do all the stuff that I skipped because I'm one of those people who like does the story right away rather than putzing around doing the side quests. Mm. So I would be very pissed if I finished the game and then realized I couldn't go back to do anything that I skipped. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's still celebrated, though, because nonetheless, like it's hard to ignore. It's a landmark title. Like it's a game that's going to go down in history as like some of the best open world could be, I think. And that says something clearly because of all the Game of the Year awards it's winning. Yeah. Just not as many as God of War. Because God of War is better. Yeah. <laughs> or Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, God of God of War, of what I've been seeing, is like the most like claimed as game of the year. But yeah. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Um, Good for that. And I think, too, if you want to like kind of see more about this whole game with two identities thing, I'm just going to plug this guy on YouTube named Nakey Jakey. He, it's better than the name implies a promise uh, <laughs> he, he he made like a 40 minute video pretty much deconstructing why red dead redemption 2 is a disappointment to him and it's uh it really is one of the best analyses i can think of for the game now in addition to these four that we've just gone over we also all had our personal picks and some of us also chose to pick honorable mentions, and you can see all these in the Game of the Year stories at GameLuster.com. So next, um, let's talk about the games that didn't make it as finalists to our little internal polling and give them some representation. And I know, like, um, Robert and Elizabeth both both picked a game, Spider-Man and Octopath Traveler, as their game of the year that did make it to our game of the year finalist. But Mike and I did not, so let me turn it over to Mike, because you picked a game that not a lot of people were picking in game of the year list at all. So why don't you talk a little bit about your um your cross tag pick? Yeah, um, I didn't play a lot of the big games that were coming out, like Spider-Man, God of War, and all that. I did touch Red Dead Redemption um, briefly. So, out of all the games that I did play, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle was probably the best one, especially considering I played a lot of fighters this year. Mm. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Blaze Blue series, so it, you know, it's a Blaze Blue game. It plays like Blaze Blue. Well, there's some differences, but you know, because it's a actual tag team fighter. But, um, yeah, it was one of the smoothest and, you know, better games that I played this, you know, in 2018. 
And one of its features is that it has Persona characters, right? Yeah, it's got characters from the um, In Birth series, from Persona, and from Ruby, the um, the anime. So it's got a huge roster of you know really um, diverse characters. You know, can I ask? Would you say it's better than Fighters? Like, would you play it over Dragon Ball Fighters? I did pick it over Fighters. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. What what is cross tag like or the cross team player tag team whatever the phrase is for it in all fighting games how does that de- uh, differ from just a standard fighting game Um with things like cross tag and teams you, you pick more than one fighter at a time and then you know I'm trying to think of how to explain it like in Blaze the Cross Tag Battle you choose two characters and you switch between them um as you just fight. Throughout- Okay, as you fight, you can just yeah. keep switching between them. Yeah. Okay. So it just puts a little interesting spin on things then. Yeah. Yeah, especially the way Blaze Blue did it. It was really smooth and it you know worked really well. Like I said, I liked it better than Fighters. I'm going to be honest, I liked it better than Smash Brothers. Wolf. Wow. Um, Whoa. Dang. <laughs> So it was. I liked it better than the Tekken come out 2018. No, I think that was two years ago now, or three years ago now, 2016. Oh, okay, I'm way off then. Yeah, it was better than Tekken, better than Soul Calibur. Um, so you know, if you you know, you can check out my review on GameLuster.com. That's GameLuster.com. Yeah. And what was that? We'll, we'll keep up with the plugs at GameLuster.com. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and it was. Definitely one of the better games I played. Mm. Uh, so with just a quick correction here, so with Tekken Seven, like it came out in Japan, like technically in 2015, and then again in 2016, but it came out like worldwide on consoles in 2017. Okay, okay, then yeah. Okay. Now I picked Dusk as my personal game of the year. For those of you who don't know, it's the old school first person shooter developed by. David Schmansky and published by New Blood Interactive. It had been in early access since 2017. I know I first started playing it in August 2017 when its first episode was available. But the full release, and along with that, the first time episode 3 was released, just FYI, the game's made up of three episodes, um, was came out on December 10th. So it is, as far as the full release goes, it is a 2018 game. And what I loved about Dusk is that the developer and the design of the game, like, they got it as far as being a 90s-style first-person shooter. Because there have been other games, Painkiller, one of them, the Serious Sam series, um, even, and Doom 2016, to a degree, because to be fair, Dune 2016 wasn't really marketed as a throwback retro shooter, but you know, still an update to the Doom series. Point being that Dusk got that design right in, in so many ways, like from, and the main thing, the main way you capture old school FPS games is with the level design. And so many old school shooters will just be waves of enemies. You know, you walk through a place, you get to an arena, you know, whatever that might be, to some section of the level, and then you get waves of enemies coming at you and 
combat music starts playing and all that, you know, kind of like the Doom reboot. But Dusk had that great 90s style of level design where it's, I don't want to say like it's non-linear. I mean, especially in these levels, you're going from, you're seeking the end of a level to get to the next one. But each level, it's not like set pieces. It's this open space. You can just run and jump through, you know. And if you want to get clever with the physics, there's bunny hopping and rocket jumping and all that. And there are secret areas tucked away. And it, it just got that so right. Well-designed levels, the art and visuals with them. You know, it starts off in a rural area, farmland and stuff. And then later on in the game, you get a lot more surreal stuff like underground cathedrals and everything. And... You know, felt, my main point about it is, you know, it felt like Quake and Doom and Redneck Rampage and, and Blood and all that, all those classic shooters, but it definitely had its own style. Um, Andrew Holshoek gave it some great audio design as well in the soundtrack and just the, the typical sounds throughout the game. Like, for example, the door opening sound is really well done. A lot of creepy stuff in that game too. But anyway, this is just me giving some giving some rep to dust because it really was a well-done throwback FPS game. And I think I'm the only one here who played it. Am I right? Uh, I did not. My brother picked it up, so I was able to try it out a little bit. And yeah, it's um, it's a great homage to, like like you said, 90s shooters, you know? Um, yeah. And that's what I loved about it is because, I mean, I haven't played a good game like that in a while so it does surprise me uh, with the quality that you know that they brought into that game yeah it is it's it's rare to like i said find one because the most recent example i can think of a strafe from 2017 which was marketed as a throwback shooter i mean even when it launched it it was being sold for $19.96, you know, referencing the year of Quake's release, 1996, but it it wasn't at all like it had, you know, it had some fun shooting, but it was it was a rogue, like it was waves of enemies and procedurally generated levels, like that's not the design of old school shooters at all. So like I said, Dusk was refreshing because it got it right. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it from the people who played it. Yeah, it's, I mean, and a lot of the people who play it, like, it surprises me how, how should I put it, like, they they immediately start saying, just like I did, wow, it's been so long since I played a game like this, or wow, this game actually gets it right. And, you know, there are others hovering on the horizon, like, a medieval, so it's a little, a little indie wave of these throwback shooters which i love and it helped there were a few thief references in it right so let's see that was that was um mike's cross tag battle and me with with dusk but um even robert you and elizabeth you as well had honorable mentions so why don't each of you pick one of your honorable mentions that you know, wasn't one of the four finalists and, and give it some rep here as we wrap up. Uh, I can talk about Pokemon. Let's go. Let's so go. Sure. I was, <laughs> I'm surprised that let's go kind of made it onto my list, but I was a really, cause I was really dubious about it when it first came out. 
because there are so many differences from like an actual mainstream Pokemon game. But playing through it, I actually, since I'm a person who's more focused on the collecting aspect, it actually works really well for me. I really do enjoy it. And it has that, it has a really good, it's like really well polished. Like there's a lot of little details in it that just make me really happy. Like all the Pokemon have different walk cycles and like different animations. And there's like little posters everywhere. It's like the world is really well detailed and I really love it for that. Yeah, I played that game too. I did not expect myself to like it as much as I did. Uh, but now I legit kind of want the capture mechanic to come back in the next minute. Oh, I kind of do RPG. too, not going to yeah. lie. Because uh, battling every random encounter gets exhausting. Yeah, my sister said it. She's like, a lot of people were talking about how the battle, the wild encounters were different, but when was the last time you actually stopped and battled a wild Pokemon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's and It's a good, like, way to capture kind of a new generation of pokemon gamers because i'm yeah, curious it's it's really cute yeah i'm curious how many like young kids who started playing it at the same age that we started playing like red and blue or you know so uh crystal and gold you know what i mean it's like yeah this could be their brand new entry to pokemon my mom's playing it even mm. i also really... feel it was like a test of what a real Pokemon game is going to feel like on the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just want to partner Eevee in the future, though. I, I, if, give me uh, that. Give me two. Um, I'm satisfied. I would like a real Eevee, but... Same. So neither does Pikachu? <laughs> my mom got Pikachu only because my dad got her the wrong one. And I've been watching her play it, and Pikachu is really cute, but Eevee's my jam. Look, all I'm saying is between a shock rat and a bunny dog, I will take a bunny dog 100% of the time. That's that's an interesting way of putting it. You almost, you almost convinced me there to switch sides. Bunny dog sounds a whole lot more glamorous than shock rat. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, it's a thing. I could have been nicer and said shock mouse, but you know. Um... <laughs> For me, I mean, one of my runner-ups, I'd, I'd love to give this some rep because uh, I've been playing it a lot actually pretty recently. Dead Cells, guys, Dead Cells is really good. Go buy it. It's like 25 bucks on an e on an eShop near you. It's literally on everything. Go go play <laughs> it. It's so good. It's um, an indie game, Metroidvania, roguelite. You know, it hits all the, bud it hits all the buzzwords. Uh, but it's so polished and it feels so good to play and it's a little tough at first, but once you get the ball rolling and you're, you, you're in it, you reach this state of Zen. I mean, you're, you're killing a bunch of zombies. It's really tense, but there's just this kind of relaxing feeling of just, I'm going through these levels again. Let's do this. And, uh, all the weapon synergies are nice. You know, when you have a sword that does double damage to poison targets, and then you have an amulet that poisons enemies after you get hit, it just feels so right and juicy. Um, oh yeah. That's the good stuff. Oh yeah. It's it. That sounds like the strategy I use in like Pokemon battles. Yeah. Funnily enough. It's, uh, it's like, you know, when you play Diablo or destiny or, 
heck, even the division, that feeling of I've been playing the game for so long and I finally got this dank weapon that has these, <laughs> these really cool effects that synergizes with my build so well, like I did it. That's a feeling Dead Cells gives you like every five minutes. It's kind of, <laughs> it's really, it's a great dopamine, you know, thing. <laughs> And like, I guess to kind of illustrate how good it is, I, for one of the other sites I work for, I wrote up a, a piece on why it won indie game of the year for that. And midway through writing this piece, like it's only 500 words. It doesn't take long, but midway through writing it, I was like, you know, let me fire up the game, play it for like an hour, just kind of like <laughs> refresh, you know, kind of get back in the mindset. And then six hours later, I quit the wow. game. <laughs> then I stopped playing. <laughs> So look and go buy it. It's good. Yeah, and if you need any more convincing, we have narrated by Robert um, a video review of it on our YouTube channel, and a, a review on site as well. <laughs> well, in that case, oh, and one other I did want to mention, just to shout out, um. Actually, staff writer Richard Costa picked this, but Return of the Oberdin. I started playing it just a couple hours, inspired by Richard's write-up, and it's it's something I could really get into. It it seems like the kind of game you want to play in one sitting. It's um, it's how should I put it? It's like a lot. Well, like others have put it, these aren't really my thoughts. It's like a logic puzzle combined with a crime scene investigation, but it's it's really it's really intriguing and it's like something you sit down in and you just get lost in and the gist of it if you haven't played it is you're on board this ship that's returned whose crew has died and you're you work for an insurance company and you want to get like a damage report of how how everyone died so you're you're using this little pocket watch device to go back in time to these frozen scenes these action scenes frozen in time of all the different things that happened to the crew and you're wanting to put together a log of how everyone died noting who or what killed them how they were killed and what their name is for like the whole crew so it's this logic puzzle thing oh wow it's, it's pretty pretty um i mean it could wear you out you know it's like because you have this it, the game even says like you know finding out the name cause of death and you know, reason for dying for however many crew members it is, like a hundred something, can be quite a challenging task. Good luck, you know, and it, it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand too much. You know, but like a frozen scene could be one of the crew members has shot another one. So you see one of them standing with the gun and it has really good visual effects. You'll like see all the gunpowder flying in the air frozen in real time and the person he shot as they're falling to the ground. And what you do is, and hopefully I can remember the details, it's been a while since I played it, but you like go up, you know, and use your use key on each figure and you'll hear like a narration of what's going on and they might make a reference to, you know, oh, the, you know, you, you killed my, bro my brother, you fiend, and you know that the person who's talking is the captain, so if you know the captain's name, then you can say, oh, this this is the brother and he wants reference being killed by someone from France so this person that's being shot right now has to be someone from France and there are five people on board who are French 
So, and you just kind of, you keep putting together puzzle pieces like that as you go. So it's, oh, I wanted I to give like a that. shout out to that one. I got it on good old games. I don't, I know it's on PC and Mac. I don't know what else it's on, but Steam, good old games. It's by Eric Pope who made, Eric or Lucas Pope. Ah, I hate it when I get names wrong, but Eric or Lucas Pope. I know the last name is Pope. They made Papers, Please in 2013. Yeah, I heard that. Oh, okay. Okay. I've been meaning to pick that game up. And once again, I was intrigued for it because of the graphics. Wow, yeah. that game was really cool graphics. Yes. Yeah, the game is really trippy. Uh, and it's only on Mac and Windows right now. And just to clarify, it is by Lucas Pope, who did okay. Papers, Please. Lucas. Yeah. Man, yeah, that game's a good one, too. I do want to play that. I don't know. I, I've kind of reached this point where I think 2018 might be one of the best years for, like, everything art-related. Like, yes. Like video, I would agree with oh, that. Yeah. Like, video games were good. Movies were pretty good. I mean, maybe not the best animations year. Animations were good. Yeah, animation's been good. Comic books have been good. Music's been pretty dope. I'm just saying, it's, it's I mean, a I, cool year. I don't follow recent music really hardly at all. I mean, you know, nothing against it. It just, it's not, not really on my radar screen. But yeah, I mean, definitely as far as games go, and even though I didn't see a lot of movies, I mean, hearing about them, like, yeah, 2018 was crazy. And as far as indie, you know, like you said, across the board. So even just like in terms of indie games, it was just a crazy year. Tons of stuff to keep up with. Mm. Yeah. So, I guess hopefully or maybe not if we want time to catch up. Oh, and I'll give a shout out to one more thing. And you know I have to do this, but 2018 was the 20th anniversary for several games that came out in 1998. That oh, so great year. One of them was Thief the Dark Project and the TTLG.com community made several in fact, I think it was upwards of 22 to 25 fan missions for a 20th anniversary contest. So in addition to everything else that Robert just referenced, there was a whole Burrick load of great Thief FMs that were released celebrating its 20th anniversary. And I've been trying to find the time to play all of them. So there was that too. Just had to shout that out. You know, I can't ignore that. Mm. So anyway, that being said, Hopefully 2019 will be as great of a year unless we want time to get called up. And so we'll wrap up this podcast by each mentioning at least one game we're looking forward to in 2019. And, you know, I would put someone on the spot here and say, I'm going to turn it over to blank. But I don't want to do that because... Maybe you have to think a bit to single one out or think, well, is this game actually coming out this year? There were actually a few that I thought were coming out this year, but they're actually to-be-announced games as far as the release date goes. So I'm just going to leave it open. Anyone, whoever talks first, just what is your most anticipated game of 2019? Anyone goes. Yeah, um, so far, probably Devil May Cry 5. Hey. I won... I've been waiting for Devil May Cry 5 for a while. Not as long as Kingdom Hearts 3, but, um... So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm more nervous than I am excited about Okay, it. same. Can we talk about that for a second? Like, I'm worried it's gonna not be good. Yeah, yeah, like... 
I love Kingdom Hearts. I've played every single entry in the series. Oh man, even the even the the old like not the old the spinoffs like all of them. Yeah. Oof. And it's just I am super nervous about how Kingdom Hearts three is gonna turn out. Like. I'm trying to keep my expectations low, but I know everybody out there in the world is going to be like, they're going to have this really high bar for work. How many years be. did you have to build up those expectations, I guess? Yeah, so like I'm really nervous about that. So Devil May Cry 5 is definitely what I'm looking forward to. Also, we're talking about this before the podcast. I'm anxious to see what that March announcement is for Persona 5R. Um... Are we? Yeah, so that's something I'm kind of waiting for. Yeah, can we speculate that on a bit? Because I just, because it's, so Atlas bought a ton of Persona domains. I don't know if you know this, but they bought a a lot like after Christmas, right? They bought Persona 5R. Well, they've had that, but they like updated it. Then they bought Persona 5M, S, and B. I don't, like what? Did they do every letter of the alphabet? They also have had Persona 5, I think, U. Yeah. Yeah, for a long time. And, you know, I... I like, For the I Wii know. U? like I doubt that. But, because <laughs> I, I, they, they revealed Persona 5D, which was dancing, right? Like, that's yeah, already out. Yeah. There's a lovely review of it on GameMuster.com by Mike. Hey. Um, and I'm going to assume there might be a Persona 5 fighting game. Maybe. People are speculating um, that that's what R is, but I can't I remember think, what people thought the R was. I'm like off the top of my R, head, I'm thinking R is going to be a remake in the same way that Persona Three got FES and Persona Four, and got, Persona 4 golden. got golden. Yeah, so I'm assuming R is going to be the same, you know, remake sort of deal. Maybe it'll come to the Switch and PC as well. I was actually mm-hmm. hoping it'd come to the and Switch, the especially ones, now that I'm, Joker's in Smash. Yeah, yeah, and the other ones, I'm assuming probably are. Uh, Persona 5 fighting game. Yeah, there's at least one in there somewhere. Maybe right. you, who knows? They could do Ultimax again. Persona 5S is Persona 5 Smash. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. yes it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking the R could be like Rumble for the fighting game, maybe. That's what someone but, else was thinking, yeah. yeah. I, was thinking, I saw a couple people thinking that. I was thinking more maybe Persona 5 Red, just the way yellow... Uh, golden, four, yeah. Yeah, the way four That makes golden. sense, too. Because... Four's main co- theme color was yellow, so you know it gold. Yeah, that does make sense. Oh, then, then what if main color was red? Oh, so then what if Persona Five S is Scarlet? Because they didn't name it Persona Five Yellow, they named it Golden. So what if Ooh, it's that's a good red? point yeah, too. Look, look, I don't care. We can speculate on this all day, but Persona a, Five Alphabet Soup. <laughs> there's a lot of Persona <laughs> shit coming out, and yeah, I am both yeah. extremely excited, but Atlas, please just stop announcing announcements and just give us the announcements. <laughs> yeah, Atlas, can we get like a real announcement, uh, please? Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, that's this is like I'm Kingdom Hearts for. level of shit here. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Mm. Uh, let's see. So I'm looking forward to Doom Eternal a lot. I know there isn't an exact release date, but I know that's, uh, supposedly within 2019 is the window. Dude, all I'm saying is when I played Doom 1, like the reboot of Doom in 2016, that game is wild. Like it's, it, it feels so good. And just by simply taking out the reload button, it just feels so like you feel like a God. I mean, you feel like the Doom Slayer, the Doom guy. And in Eternal, I expected more of the same, which 
by far I would have been perfectly happy with. And instead they're like, hey, we're going to add a grappling hook to your super shotgun. Have fun. And I was like, okay, I'm super (laughs) fucking, I need this right now. So that alone is enough for me to be excited. And I I loved, um, like, even though, um, I mean, I don't know how, like, how much of a, a Doom fan you've been beforehand, but the Doom reboot, you know, part of me was like, well, you know, it's not like the exact kind of level design, but, you know, even still, I kind of shut that out pretty quickly and thought, you know what, I'm just going to appreciate this for what it is. I mean, it got the metal right, the metal right, it got, uh, you know... <laughs> the blood and violence right it got the weapons right it got so much right that i i didn't worry about you know they're not being you know an exact loyalty to the the map design of the original doom game but i am looking forward to doom eternal i'm excited to see the the hell on earth setting um and i'm excited to see new demons like you know the arc file that they showed off Mm-hmm. Or another one whose whose name I unfortunately can't remember because I always blank out when recording things. But it's you know the the floating demon guy who summons skulls. That guy, you know, whoever he is. Yeah. But I'm yeah I'm looking forward to that. I call the, I think they call him John McScully. Was his name? Okay, John McScully. <laughs> the the that's demon, it. the yeah. evil demon, John McScully. Yeah. Now, okay. Uh, <laughs> I I'm definitely very excited for Doom too because. Well, Doom Eternal, I guess, not Doom 2. Doom because, 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, because I remember I was a little bit skeptical of Doom 2016 initially. Like, uh, I mean, how good can a reboot of a 20-year-old franchise be? Like, usually when things like this happen, they're usually not great. Oh, yeah. But when, and it had been delayed so much. Right. But then when I played it, and there's just this moment at the end of the first level where you're riding an elevator up and like some dude's trying to call you on the comm and literally you don't have to press a button. Doom Slayer just fucking like pushes it away because he doesn't give a shit and you don't give a shit. So he <laughs> just ignores it. Yes. Pulls out his shotgun and they're playing some metal. And then the music cuts and then and it's like this feels so good. This feels like a Doom yes. game and it, it's it's exciting. Yes. Um, let me think. Other things I'm excited for this year. Yeah, the Persona 5 announcement will be cool. I hope that's like a 2019 thing, though. Like, it comes out this year rather than next year. Knowing yeah, Atlas, me too. Yeah. Knowing Atlas is probably 2019. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm weirdly excited for uh, Anthem. And it's, it's both sad- the sadism in me that's excited, but also the actual gamer inside of me. Because... If it comes out and it's really good, that's exciting, right? Because that means Bioware isn't going to be killed by EA. And also that means we have a good, another good video game in the world, which that's nice. It's nice to have a competitor against Destiny 2. Yeah. But on the other hand, every sign I see points toward a train wreck. And I've (laughs) never, (laughs) I've never had an alarm set in my Google calendar of like train wreck scheduled. And (laughs) I do have that now. At least I'm 80% sure I have that. And that in and of itself is very exciting to me. (laughs) Well, I mean, like they say, you know, people love watching train wrecks. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The game I'm most excited for next year, or this year, excuse me, is, you all know it, it's Pokemon. Whatever they're going to do, yeah. I'm very excited. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They said that they hope to surprise fans this year. We already know there's a main series game coming out. I am very excited. 
Yeah, I could see Reggie pulling a power move just at E3, like, and the demo is out right now on your Switch, and then everyone ooh, at E3 leaves. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, and then the, the wow. Switch eShop crashes in a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I am I'm excited for that one too because correct me if I'm wrong, Elizabeth, but this this would be like the first home console like fully 3d mainline pokemon game right this will be the first main pokemon game on like a console that can go to the tv okay it's not handheld because xy sun moon were 3d but this is like this is like 3d on with like a way better processor yeah 3d yeah Yeah, the only console games were like the stadium spinoffs yeah they were stadium xd coliseum they were like spinoffs so this will be the first one that's not a spinoff very excited it's about time oh yeah yeah Yeah. i can't wait to see what new pokemon we get same I can't wait to see the names of them because that's always like the best part of just the like puns, yes. the puns and just the ones where, you know, they had like, they were just, they gave up on everything and they're like, what's, <laughs> what are we going to call this guy? Vanilla ice. Yeah, sure. That works. <laughs> Fucking put it in the game. Like, I don't care. I don't oh. care anymore. Uh, you know, and, and one more thing I do want to mention is, uh, prey. I think prey is going to be a cool game. This or not prey. What am I thinking of? Rage. Rage 2, the other four-letter first-person shooter. <laughs> uh, wow, that's actually Rage two. two of them this year. Yeah, yeah. A Rage 2, that looks cool. That looks like it's going to have the wackiness of Borderlands and the fluidity of, like, Doom. Yes. And that's all I really ever want in a game. Hmm. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm mildly looking forward to rage 2 maybe i'll be more excited to just play it once it comes out but you got it you got it right there you're gonna get an open world setting wackiness like in borderlands with all the weightiness and fluidity of an id shooter which is what i've been hoping for and the original rage and it had it had it had good shooting the original rage had good shooting good guns the driving could be fun but it just wasn't enough of a good whole game all around and it ended sooner than i thought yeah and i i've never seen a 180 this crazy though because if you've played the original rage like that's a very brown game like yeah. I, I rarely describe games by just a color but like that's <laughs> that's exactly what it is there's really not much of a color palette everything's kind of bland and unforgettable like the wing stick is cool that's about it yeah uh rage 2 is just like well fuck you here's some pink and purple and some metal and <laughs> yeah is we're having fun and that i'm way more interested now i really want to play that and i hope yeah. i hope it's the good pr move that bethesda needs to have everyone forget about fallout 76 you know, no, no oh one no one will forget fallout 76. <laughs> no one will ever forget we will never not forget. mention that game that, yeah that is the game that shall not be named the yes. same the uh, not game of the year yes oh the naughty the naughty the no the naughty yes naughty. uh mike did you have a point that you wanted to make about rage yeah i was just gonna agree with you that um I rented the first Rage, never beat it, because it, I thought it was boring. Mm-hmm. It was really, really boring. So when they uh, showed Rage 2, I was like, oh shit, this is like, this is nothing like the first Rage. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's it has going personality. On here? Yeah, exactly. I was like, what is going on here? 
I could do without a live performance of the song though. <laughs> okay. And and you know, I, I could do without the the weird pre-order bonus thing that you put on your wall. You know, it's I I think that's cool. I mean, I'm not going to buy it, but the world needs more uh wall decorations that can talk to you. Oh yeah. Okay. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what they are, right? Yeah, true. I mean, there's some wall decorations I can think of. It'd be like done. I'm, I'm getting that. Like, um, let's see. Let me try to think of a good example. Um, um, not as a trophy, but as the complete thing. You know, Pikachu, shock rat that he is. I mean, you know, wall decoration of oh, Detective Pikachu. There we go. A wall decoration of Detective Pikachu that could work. I fuzzy. I feel like there's something morbid about having a Pikachu mounted on your wall, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> but not as a trophy. That... <laughs> you know, like the full the full figure. I, I like would prefer like something that could sit on a dresser in that case, so he doesn't yeah. look like he was mounted, like stuffed and mounted as a trophy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although while we're talking about Detective Pikachu, I am excited for that movie this year. I, so I kind of am suspicion. too. Not gonna lie, I'm not excited about Sonic. I'm excited for Pokemon. Ooh, Ooh no, Sonic. <laughs> no, 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 please don't be up Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. The noises Sonic. you all made when I said that. I'm oh. so... I might actually be more excited for Sonic than Pikachu. Really? For a train wreck or exactly, real? Exactly that, for a train wreck. Because it's okay, going to be so bad. And his legs, I, guys, his legs. <laughs> I, like, swole Sonic is something I never thought I wanted. but like His oh, legs so are good. so skinny and so humid. He has a knees. <laughs> I, I think uh, the one where I have with Detective Pikachu is, in my mind, I'm just going to... I'm. I'm like just based on the trailer, I was waiting for Pikachu to say fuck or just something because it's <laughs> yeah, it's, let Pikachu say fuck. It's Ryan, it's Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I, he needs to curse or break the fourth wall or mention that he's Deadpool or something. You know, like give him one fuck. <laughs> Pikachu's bad for a day. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Pikachu thirteen. I'm rude now. Pikachu thirteen. I know, I'm surprised fuck. by that too. They can, make, they can sneak in that one fuck. <laughs> I, I want it so bad. So so one doesn't make it R. There's a rule that as long as it's just one, it's still PG-13. You get one fuck as long as it's not a reference to sexual fuck. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like the way, uh, did you guys ever watch um, the one with John Travolta? Not Get Shorty, the, um, the sequel. Um, no. Okay, well, he talks about that. It's a PG-13 movie, and he's like, yeah, you know, when you're making a movie, you only get one fuck during the movie. <laughs> that's how they use their fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's I, also, I also love, uh, I don't remember which X-Men movie it was, but it's one of the, like, the ones after the trilogy where they're like, oh, I know, we can go to, like, Wolverine for help. Logan can help us out. And then they go to Logan, he's, like, drinking at a bar, and they're like, hey, Logan, he's like, fuck off. And that's the only fuck they use in the movie. And he just leaves. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm curious to see any more information we get for it, too. The same. We'll probably get one more trailer before the movie actually comes out. Yeah. I just need more overly fuzzy jigglypuffs. That's all I want. Oh, yeah. I, least, I just want to pet it. <laughs> I need less so dodgeball shoulder, Mr. Mime. And then will sing you to sleep. It's like the perfect cuddle buddy. And they murder me, yeah. Yep. <laughs> or draw on your face. Yeah. <laughs> With a knife. Oh, my gosh. 
and and what do you like down the road seeing that trailer what i mean would you be interested in like a a standard poke real live action pokemon movie i would be i don't know if it would work only because they seem to want to do this more like gritty like dark and the animated pokemon movies are like the opposite of that they're like the cotton candy of movies they're just all fluff I don't they're know. They're cute. You need some of those Pokedex entries. They're oh, the manga. Maybe go with dark. the manga. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I if they do make more live action movies like that, I actually want them to go the route of like the grittiness of Detective. Oh, Pikachu. absolutely. I wouldn't I, mind seeing that. Yeah, because I think it's fine to leave the animated stuff to be the fluffy, happy. I'm Ash Ketchum, and I catch everything yeah. and all that. But it, tell me a real world Pokemon story. Like, give me like. Th- I don't know, like 2012 end of world or whatever, but with a world with Pokemon in it. I like seeing the, like the, the way they have the Pokemon like fit into an actual world. I like yeah. seeing that. <laughs> or like, you know, give us like a retelling of uh, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. I don't know if you guys have played that, but like legit, which depending on the one you're playing, the whole world is dying. Like either the whole yeah, world gets... Where Groudon <laughs> destroys the world. <laughs> yeah, like either Kyogre floods the whole planet or Groudon makes the sun shine so hard people start dying. And give me that story. Give me a story of how people deal with Pokemon that can literally change the planet. Yeah. Yeah, I think Darkly did skits on that. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, right. follow the Pokemon trainer who's down on his luck, like he's only caught three Pokemon and he's an alcoholic, you know, and has <laughs> trouble with drugs, you know, like some some dark little side tale, you know. He's li- who lives in the shadow of people like Ash Ketchum. Give me the story of Joey and his Rattata. Yes. Give, oh, no. give me that story <laughs> <laughs> but like older edgy joey and yeah, his he, yeah his like his radicate now is like it's it's used bite so many times that its teeth are like fangs because it's all chipped <laughs> oh my god please yeah i say let's uh wrap this up maybe yeah, I can hear my yes. cat scratching at the door, so... Yeah, that's the background noise that I'm probably getting is my cat. And, She's and gonna break we'll, it down. We'll do a um, Detective Pikachu cast later. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so I'll, I'll wrap us up here. My most anticipated of 2019 is Ion Maiden. It's the throw another throwback shooter, what do you expect? The one being made in the build engine by Voidpoint LLC and 3D Realms. I pre-ordered the Founders Edition as soon as I saw it advertised. It's the big box PC one, so I'm looking forward to getting a big, big old PC game box with an an old school style shooter in it. Played the first few levels, and and the I think it's early access or the demo of it that they have on Steam, and it nailed the vibes down like perfectly. It's like yes, it sold me. That's why I was so willing to to pounce on the Founders Edition. So Ion Maiden, my most anticipated 2019. I think it should come in March. Mm. Ooh, you get yours early. How exciting. <laughs> yep. We all have to wait a while longer. Well, I mean, Kingdom Hearts 2, we're four weeks, three weeks away. 
Oh God! Something oh like yeah, that. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, and hell, I you know I forgot Resident Evil Two is like two weeks. Oh from yeah. Now. Oh yeah. yeah. I forgot yeah. about that remake. Kingdom yeah. Hearts Three for me is kind of overshadowing that, so I always forget yeah. that it comes out this month. Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to those as well. Well, I mean, Kingdom Hearts Three, I'll have to wait a little bit on. I'm working through the original. Um, but anyway. So that's a look back at uh, 2018 and a look ahead at 2019. Um, let's let's close out here. Um, final words like we usually do, Elizabeth? Uh, I don't really have anything to say. Uh, I'm Here's for a Some... good 2019, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My... uh, maybe 2019 oh. could be good, at least in gaming, like 2018 was. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to tell everybody, uh, prepare for Kingdom Hearts 3. We don't know if it's going to be a shitstorm or if it's going to be totally amazing. Oh, I'm preparing. So, prepare your bodies for the next four weeks. See, I haven't played it. I'm just preparing for the the buzz. That's what I have to prepare for. Robert? I'm calling it now, guys. The last Smash DLC fighter is going to be Masahiro Sakurai himself. I think Ooh. that he he deserves it after all this time. He does. He's, Never ask me for anything again is his final smash. Yeah, hey, that's his hey, final smash. Reggie said it's characters we're not going to expect. So, I mean. Exactly. So, it's either him or Reggie, but my bet's on Sakurai. He's going to be in the game. Like, there's going to be a me of him, but it's like a normal character that you can pick outside of the me fighters. Uh, other than that, I do a Terrace House podcast. If you want to check that out, it's called Tadaima Terrace House Podcast. It's a lot of fun. And we talk about Japanese people, and it's it's cool. <laughs> All right, and my closing words are, well, I'm going to be spending a whole lot of 2019 just catching up on 2018 stuff. So here we go, I guess, oh, for me. Yes, <laughs> mood. So um, everyone here, Elizabeth, Mike, and Robert, thank you for joining me. And everyone who listened, thank you for listening to the Game Luster game of the year podcast we'll be relaunching our regular podcast more on that later including a monthly indie games one which should be interesting for now i'm trevor and i'll close this out here thank you for listening tune in next time goodbye